Okay, guys. So, when God wants to do something or wants us to pray for something, He first gives us a burden in our spirit. And so, today I want to talk about um, carrying the burden that God wants to give. Revivals um, are sustained by a people who carry the burden that God has given them. It's God-initiated, but we have to um, we have to receive it and um, carry it. So when God wants us to do something, or when God wants us to pray for something, He first gives us a burden in our spirit. And if we ignore it, or if we continue rashly, um, the sense of the burden may be lost. So if we ignore it, or if we carry on rashly, or if we switch on and off, then the burden may be lost. And the great thing about receiving a burden from God which we can carry is to pray without a burden, to pray without a burden is, requires an exertion of self-will, requires an exertion of self-will, and therefore is less effective. I mean, there are things that sometimes burden you, right? Especially when something happens with a family member or with a friend. Then the burden is heavier and the prayer comes out much easier. Like it's a supplication, it's a cry. But when it is not, when, when prayer doesn't come from this place of burden, it is, um, uh, you require an exertion of self, like I have to somehow press in, and uh, it is less effective. Often praying with a burden is what, um, happen or when I pray with a burden, it often ends up or results in groanings of the spirit, and sometimes praying in the spirit because words aren't enough. Praying with a burden often results in groanings of the spirit. And most revivals in the past have had instances where either it was this lady called Peggy and her, her sister Christine. Uh, in the Hebrides, who suddenly had this tremendous burden where they would meet night after night, just praying that the churches that their fathers built would be filled with young people. And it was something that they carried and they would weep and pray. And I pray God that today um, He gives us that, eh? Because a burden allows you to co labor with God's heart. A burden allows you to co labor with God's heart. And the only time it lifts is when God's purpose is accomplished. The only time it lifts is when God's purpose is accomplished. It allows me to co-labor with God's heart. So one of the things I'm asking is, Father, um, we may stop meeting on a daily basis on Monday. But I would be so sad if all this that you have worked at, oh God, ended on Monday. And therefore, I need, oh God, from you, this burden that you carry. I saw you carrying it in Gethsemane. I've seen you carrying it in the lament that would come through the voice of prophets. 
I see you carrying it, Jesus, when you stood and looked at Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. I see you carrying it uh, when you spoke through Paul and said in Romans chapter 9 that I wish I was accursed and cut off so that my Jewish brothers and sisters would be saved. And so, Father, I just pray that this kind of burden is something that is given to this church. It'll be relatively new for us, but can you give it to us as a people so that we are able to co-labor with your heart? Co-labor with your heart. You're the one who does the work, but we can co-labor with your heart. And only lift it off us when you have accomplished what you want to. And often the release from the burden is the release to run with it. Or they, at some point God will release us from the burden of carrying this. And when he releases it, it doesn't mean the end of it. It means, okay, you've prayed enough and done what is required. Now run in it. Run in it. Reading from some of the things that happened at the Hebrides um, revival. Let me read here. At the height of the revival... Duncan Campbell and Mr. McKay spent the morning in prayer with Peggy and Christine, the 80-year-olds who first cried out for revival. Peggy prayed, Lord, you remember what you told me this morning, that in this village you are going to save seven men who will become pillars in the church of my fathers. Lord, I've given your message to Mr. Campbell, and it seems he is not prepared to receive it. Oh Lord, give him wisdom because he badly needs it. Campbell was probably 35 or something and these ladies were 82 and 84 so they had no problems praying it that way. Your message to Mr. Campbell and it uh, seems he's not prepared to receive it, O oh Lord. Give him wisdom because he badly needs it. All right, Peggy, I'll go to the village, said Duncan, when they had finished praying. She replied, you better and God will give you a congregation. Arriving in the village at 7 o'clock, they found a large bungalow crowded to capacity with many assembled outside. Duncan preached out of his text, the times of this ignorance that God has winked at in the past is over, and now he commands all men everywhere to repent. When he had finished preaching, a minister beckoned him to the end of the house to speak again to a number of people who were mourning over their sins, among them Peggy's seven men. And those seven men later on went on to become some of the pillars in the church, this ability to carry a burden, it's, it's not humanly possible, man. We cannot fabricate it. Anything that is, I mean, John 3, 6 is, a, is at once a horrible verse and a brilliant verse. It says, that which is birthed from the flesh is flesh, and that which is birthed from the spirit is spirit. Anything that we birth here, in our enthusiasm, in our desire to serve God, in our desire to uh, do what God wants us to do, in our desire of obedience, anything that we birth from flesh will decay and profits not either God or us. But anything birthed of the Spirit is spirit and life. And that is something we've got to walk carefully, eh? Because these times are, of revival are times that we so want to be absolutely caught up in but never at the cost of birthing things in flesh. So I pray today, I'm actually going to pray it. Father, it's one thing to know how to define or describe burden. 
It's another thing to receive a burden. I don't know what other word to use. There may be better words that describe it better, but I'm just going to go with this simple word called burden because I don't even know how it fleshes out and what it feels like to carry it. All I'm saying right now is, oh God, could you give us a burden for the words that you have spoken about this revival that I will bring in this city, in other cities, in nations, and across the earth, the young. Now show us how to carry this, how to cry for it, how to call out, how to be troubled by it, how to toss and turn in our sleep, unable to escape your heart. I don't want to be free from it, Father. I seek not to be free from it. Because you said, if I take your yoke, if we take your yoke, the burden is light. You will teach us how to walk under it. We want it. We want it. Your burdens always come from a place of affection, intimacy, and care. And I want to carry it. We want to carry it. So we come today to learn, Father, how to work from this place of burden. Make us beasts of burden. Make us beasts of burden. Put a yoke on our neck so that this revival that is a sovereign move of God will be something that we will be able to walk in step with you as you do the work and we witness your glory and carry your glory. Jesus, you'll have to pull all this thing together. I don't have the... uh, It's not my pay grade, Father. It's way above my pay grade. Some of the uh, scriptures that uh, talk about what happens when one carries a burden like this, one of them is in Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. And uh, I'm reading from different versions. Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. I mean, to be able to say it and actually mean it, so much so that it is included in Scripture, because it must have been the truth. Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. At the same time, I don't have it, guys. I don't have it. I want it. I don't have this ability to say this. At the same time, you need to know that I carry with me at all times a huge sorrow. It's an enormous pain deep within me, and I'm never free of it. I'm not exaggerating. Christ and the Holy Spirit are my witnesses. I'd be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if my Jewish brothers would, if that would save my Jewish brothers and sisters. Let me read that again and listen to it. At the same time, you need to know that I carry with me at all times a huge sorrow. It's an enormous pain deep within me, and I'm never free of it. I'm not exaggerating. Christ and the Holy Spirit are my witnesses. I'd be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save my Jewish brothers and sisters. What kind of man is this? What did he, what did he receive from Christ where he says that uh, I carry an enormous deep pain within me? I want this. It becomes inescapable. Only God can give it. I can't make it. Here's another scripture. 
taken a little out of context, but it kind of tells you what we're looking for. Lamentations 2.19. Lamentations 2.19. Lamentations 2.19. And this is what I pray will happen to us. Arise, cry out in the night. As the watches of the night begin, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint from hunger at every street corner. I was just reading reports uh, last week of um, young 19-year-olds being shot in Richmond. Uh, And before that, someone was shot in Burnaby. All between the ages of 19 and 25. Shot at street corners. And I was reading the scripture and it came back to mind. Cry out in the night as the watches of the night begin. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint from hunger at every street corner. I pray that this begins to happen to us, eh? both to young and old in this church. I can't do it, man. I can't even get to that kind of emotionalism and try to sustain it. You would exhaust yourself. It would have to be a God thing. That's what we'll be praying for today. So how do we go about it? What is the um, what is it that will help us go to where God wants us to go? One, my cry for all of us is that um, we are able to say what Jesus says in John 4.10. And in John 4.10 he says, If you only, if you only knew, if you only knew the gift If you only knew the gift God has for you. If you only knew the gift God has for you. I want this to break my heart every time I see a person, um, especially given what God's specific intent is in terms of drawing the teens, the 20s and the 30s back to him. I want to be able to stand at wells where... um, 3,000 had been killed, wells where Samaritans, the outcasts, um, would gather, wells where a woman with five husbands would come to draw water. And I want this to grab my heart, and I want this to grab your heart, where our statement every time we see someone who is in their teens or in their 20s or in their 30s is, if you only knew the gift that God has for you. Something inside will so want to give them that gift even if it makes you highly unpopular even if it means being rejected being rebuked being laughed at or scorned miracles prophetic words words of knowledge words of wisdom come after the initial statement but it begins with this deep cry if you only knew the gift god has for you i'm asking holy spirit that this will be something that you will just embed in our hearts. And every time we see a young man, a young woman, that this cry will come out of our hearts, that if you only knew the gift God has for you, if you only knew the gift God has for you. And then the second question would be then, how would he know the gift God has for him if you don't at present make an attempt to convey it? 
It is one thing to desire something for somebody. It is another thing to convey that desire to them. I started if you only knew the gift God has for you. And I take it a step further. I pray God that he provides me opportunities, provides you opportunities. Second thing that I hope we'll pray today, and it's my cry for myself and for you, is that we have the eyes and the affection of the Father. We have the eyes and the affection of the Father. I was asking God today, Father, where do we begin? And he said, this is one of the places you begin. You must have my eyes and you must have my affection. I'm always a father to the entire earth. This is how I think. If there has been any um, blessing that has been released to the young adults in this church, leave alone the older ones in this church, it is because I have tried very hard to have the eyes and the affection of a father. And you've seen the change it brings in your life through a very flawed, defective, um, mistake-making person like me. But my God, because I've clued on to the eyes and the affection of, my, of the Father for you, it is so much easier to work with you. What if I had the same thing for every Tom, Derek, and Harry uh, I meet on the streets? The eyes and the affection of the Father. That's another thing I want us to pray for today. Now the third thing, this really broke my heart, man. It's from Revelations 5. That's why I like the fact that um, Emily started with the lion and the lamb. Revelations 5. I'm reading from, let's with the NIV because everyone has that. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writings on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it has been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song. And this is what got me. One of the reasons I want to carry the burden that God wants to give us is because there is someone who, uh, paying in blood, 
has already bought men and women, these young men and women, bought them back from all over the earth, bought them back for God. He's already done it. For me, that reason is enough. That there is someone who has paid for bl- paid in blood. That there is someone who has already paid in blood. And that is reason enough for me. I want this burden. I want it. Verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Father, I just don't know how many are going to come over the next three years in different parts of the world. But you know each of them. You know the kingdom they are from, you know the nation they are from, you know the country they are from, you know the tribe they are from, you already know them because in your omniscience you know. You don't predetermine our paths but you already know the paths and therefore in a sense they are predetermined. Forget what I said Father, it's not important at all. Father you already know them and you have already paid the price for them. You have already paid the price for them. You have already paid the price for them. And so we call them out. We call them out. I call the ones appointed to me, O God. I don't want to miss a single one. Each one, Father, as we now, as we now turn to you, we, we begin to call out the ones that have been appointed to us. I call out the ones that I'm supposed to go to. I call out the ones that I'm supposed to go to. in every nation, in every tribe, in every street corner. Let me not miss out on one, Father, not one. Help me to understand why you chase one and leave the 99 behind. Return to your God we turn to you and say, not one, not one missing. We ask for boldness already. We ask for presence already. Now give us this burden. Another word for bo- burden is conviction. We want to carry the conviction of your heart. Let nothing else be more important, Father, to me. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. Uh, You should read it from the message. The message says, um, And they sang a new song, Worthy, take the scroll. Open its seals, slain, paying in blood. You bought men and women, bought them back from all over the earth, bought them back for God.
Then you made them a kingdom priest for our God, priests, kings to rule over the earth. Father, these ones that you're going to draw, thank you that they'll be priests and kings like us. A kingdom of priests, Father. A kingdom of priests. We raise them to you right now. We thank you, Father. We call them out right now. We say to the north, give them up. We say to the south, do not hold them back. We gather them from the east and the west. Slain, paying with blood. You have bought them back to God. You have bought them out of nations, out of tribes. Verse 11, I looked again and I heard a company of angels around the throne. Come music team. A company of angels around the throne. Sing uh, all the saints and angels. And then I'll continue after you finish that song. I heard a company of angels around the throne. When we sing this, guys, don't sing it in worship to Jesus. Sing it in worship to the one who was slain to buy back the ones that are appointed to us. Sing it to Jesus Christ who was slain, the lion and the lamb, who has already paid in blood for the ones that he has appointed us to gather and give to him as offerings. There is no greater offering than the souls of men for whom the lamb was slain, being offered to him, being offered to him. Sing it from that place. I looked again and I heard a company of angels. We're going to join them. Around the throne and animals and elders, 10,000 times 10,000 their numbers, thousands after thousands after thousands in full song. The slain lamb is worthy. Take the power, take the wealth, take the wisdom, take the strength, take the honor, take the glory, take the blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and earth, in underworld and sea join in all voices, in all places singing to the one on the throne, to the lamb, blessing and honor and glory and strength for age after age after age. And the four creatures cried out, said yes, and the elders fell on their knees and worshipped. Evan, just lower my mic a little.
that you, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to So before we pray, just want us to look at First Kings seventeen, twenty to twenty four. First Kings seventeen, twenty to twenty four. Hey Jane, can you just grab my phone? First Kings seventeen, twenty to twenty four. You wanna give it to me? We'll just read that and then we'll just Start praying. Hi. What's up? You're a total distraction. First Kings seventeen, twenty to twenty-four. Then he prayed, O oh God, my God, why have you brought this terrible thing on this widow who has opened her home to me? Why have you killed her son. Let's go to NIAV. 1 Kings 17, 20 to 24. 1 Kings 17, 20 to 24. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? 
Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. And the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So here's what I I want us to do. I want us to pray for three groups of people. And just as Elijah stretched himself out on the boy three times and revived him, so we are asking God to revive to us young men and young women so that we can give them back to the Father. Saying, here, Father, look, your son is alive. Look, your son is alive. Yeah? So tragedy may have brought this, these young men and women to a place where they don't know, but we are going to stretch ourselves out in prayer on these young men and women and cry out to the Lord saying, Lord, my God, let these young men and women's lives return to them. And the Lord will hear our cry and their lives will return to them. And we will pick them up and carry them down from the room into the house and give them back to the Father saying, look, your son is alive. It is God's doing. And then people in the world will turn around and say to us, you are a people of God. The word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So that is what we'll be praying. And we pray for three categories of young men and women. Young men and women, three categories. The first one is believers who need to be set on fire. Young men and women who are believers who need to be ignited not by uh, anything else but a true knowledge of this living God that we are discovering every day too. Those that are um, nominal Christians that they may find Christ. Nominal Christians. And we are starting with the city of Vancouver and you can pray for your own city wherever you're listening to this. And then the third one is people who are not yet believers, not yet believers and who are from different tribes and nations that live together in our city. These are the three categories we'll pray for and then we'll end. And um, one of the things I want to do is just first ask God to give us this burden as we pray and as we uh, we'll pray that first and then I might ask uh, at some point Kamal to pray and Karen to pray and Prashant to pray on um, uh, Zoom or live stream. But let's just ask God for a burden upon our souls. So um, I'm going to ask Evan to turn my mic down a little and I just want you to pray that, oh God, based on the three things we said, if you only knew the gift God has for you, let that grip your heart. Secondly, the eyes and the affection of the father. Malachi 4, 6 actually says, if fathers can turn to their children and children can then turn to their fathers, I will ban the curse from coming upon your land. It's the last scripture in the Old Testament. And then the third thing is Revelation 5. The slain lamb has already paid in blood. He has already bought men and women, bought them back from all over the earth, bought them back from God. That reason alone is sufficient for me to carry the burden that 
the father has, that my son has already paid. These are mine, I bought them back, set them free. Say to the north, give them up. Say to the south, do not hold them back. My son has already paid with blood. Set them free, they belong to me. They have been bought and purchased by me. Let this begin to weigh heavily on your heart. So I'm just gonna walk off stage and um, turn my mic down and then let's just pray that and then I'll come back and we'll pray this Elijah's prayer where we stretch ourselves over these three categories saying, oh God, give life back and God will and we'll present them back to the Father. Raise your voices.
as you speak hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so I could find it here if you left the grave behind you so will I I can see your heart in everything you've done every part designed in a work of art called love if you gladly chose surrender so will I I can see your heart eight billion different ways every precious one a child you died to Chase down my heart through all of my failure and pride. God of salvation, you've chased down their hearts through all of their failure and pride. On a hill you created of the world abandoned in darkness to die and as you speak a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so they can find it They will see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will they. can see your heart in a billion different ways. Every precious child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear for every one of them. Where you lost your life so they can find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will they. They will see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose Just one, a
your heart give us your heart to see every precious one a child you die to save you don't leave anyone behind you don't leave anyone behind and with a reckless with a violent kind of love you are bringing them back you are calling them back so we say release your children we say release your children from the north and the south and the east and the west we declare release your children everyone a precious one you die, you die to save give us your heart lord give us your heart lord Eight billion different ways, and it keeps growing. Thank you, She can't hear me? Hello? Sorry. Okay. Okay, we'll have Karen pray for uh, believers in churches that need to be ignited. We'll have Kamal pray for... Um, yeah, let's have Karen first. Okay, Prashant, why don't you come up? You can start. Oh, she's here? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Karen. Just pray for the first category, which is sons and daughters in our churches that need to be ignited again so that they may begin to run the way they should run and not live a lukewarm Christian life. Amen. So good. You're so good. Your heart breaks over these children. And so, Father, we we lift we lift these sons and daughters up to you. Say, Father, thank you that you have not forgotten them. Yeah. That you love them, that you you died for them and you live again for them. 
And so, yeah. Father, we lift them, we call these children now. We call these sons and daughters, we call these young men and these women, and we say, come, come. Hear the voice of the Lord. He says, come. Yeah. yeah. Those who are thirsty, come. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Father. Father, Father, thank you that you, you have the living waters that will quench their thirst. Let them know how thirsty they are, Lord. Let them be overwhelmed with how much they need to thank bring you, their lives back to you. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for this army that is going to rise to its yeah. feet yeah. and wave the banner of the Lord. Yeah. Lord, this world needs you. It needs these people to be on fire for you. Yeah. Let them let them just be so aware of how much they need you, Lord, of how thirsty they are. And there is nowhere to quench that thirst but you. Yeah. Let them hear the Spirit saying, anyone who thirsts, come. Yeah. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, this is your move. It's your move, O oh God. This is mm. your move. I, I don't mm. know how you're going to do it, but we say to every valley where there are bones, the Lord is breathing on you. We say to every church where there are believers that need to be ignited again, the Lord is breathing on you. Thank you, Father. Thanks, Karen. Kamal, do you want to come on now and just pray for Christians that are Christian by name but are not really um, born again, that across Vancouver and then in um, city by city, nominal Christians will be brought to a place where they have to choose to be born again. Father, we are stretching ourselves out over them. We are stretching ourselves out over nominal Christians, those that perhaps have a Bible at home, those that perhaps had a mother or a grandmother or a grandfather that is a believer. Some of our dads and mums who have seen our lives but have not yet been born again. I thank you, Father, that revival will start with our families. Our families. That every, every relative, everyone in our close uh, families will start getting saved and then the close family will begin to extend. Our dads, our moms, our brothers, our sisters, we don't forget them. There shall be no one called a nominal Christian in our extended families, Father, because of what you are doing. This is a sole move of God. And so we bring our fathers and our mothers and as Kamal prays now, Father, we just thank you. As a church, we stretch ourselves out over the young and the old right now, that nominal Christians shall lose their nominality. Pardon? Oh, he's not here yet? Prashant, come. You pray. Pray for unbelieving young men and women in this city. Those who do not know Jesus. Pray for them. Father, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your heart, showing your heart today, Father. Father, I just, uh, 
I just pray for these young men and women that are non-believing. Father, I was one of them. Yeah. I was one of them. My whole family was in that, Father. I just pray. I call them out of the grave. I call, just like you called us, uh, me and uh, my family out of the grave, I call them out of the grave, Father. They're non-believing. Just like I call them out of the grave in the name of Jesus. And they'll come back alive, Father. That they will come back alive. And they will come back alive just like the Samaritan woman. They will come back alive just like that man that was possessed with many demons, Father. They'll come back alive in a way that they will be able to carry the heart of God. That they will know the heart of God, the heart of the Father, and they'll know the mind of Christ. That they will possess it. That they will practice it. That they will be able to spread it. They will be able to proclaim it, Father. That they will be able to know the heart of God. We call them and that they will have, they will have so much intimacy with you, Father. That then they will be able to be like that, that woman, uh, Samaritan woman and that, uh, the demon-possessed man. Where they will be able to go back to the cities they came from. Or to back to the area or the families they came from and pull them out of, pull other people out of darkness, Father. So we, we pray for this domino effect, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father. I, I just pray for that, Father. And I pray that, that you enable, Holy Spirit, you help us. You help us to be able to help the Father in terms of pulling these people out of, the, out of the darkness, Father. We transform them from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of light, Father. Yeah. Uh, so we thank you, Father. Uh, in holy, precious Jesus' name, I pray. Hallelujah. Thanks, Prashant. Kamal, are you there? Okay. Hallelujah. Father, we just... Um, are going to claim uh, some token first fruits offerings. I heard that in Abbotsford there was a 13-year-old who was beaten up by two older girls. We say, give us back our children. We claim the two that will perhaps face charges and the one that was victimized. We claim them, all three of them. We say, Give us back our children. We will start with them. Satan, you will lose this one because God is on, 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 on the move. So we claim all three of those lives. We say, give them back in Jesus Christ's name. There was a man shot in Richmond. We claim his family. We thank you, Father, that they do not know Jesus Christ. They're from another religion. But we claim that entire family. Death shall be replaced by life. We think of that man called Kang who was shot in Burnaby. We claim his family. We, come, we, we declare the disbanding of certain groups of young people that are in violent gangs. We, we, we decree a disbanding of it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we begin to claim people from those gangs who are suddenly met by Jesus Christ who is afoot in this city. Who is afoot in this city. And we give you praise, O oh God. This is a sovereign move of God. Where there is decay, where there is death, there there shall be life. There there shall be life. We declare that. We begin to take people out, uproot them. We pull them out in the name of Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Abba, as uh, Kamal begins to pray. Now, Father, we will go down this route. We got Sunday and then we got Monday. And I thank you that you've already set us up for Sunday and Monday. That what you will teach us will help us, Father, to pull out of the jaws of the lion and the bear. Those that have been taken captive, we'll pull them out. 
For every one attacked by a lion or a bear, there shall be a smiting on the head of the lion and the bear and a removal of the sheep that they try to steal. So I thank you for these token gifts that we are claiming from you as our first fruits. These very people that have been affected shall be our first fruits, Father. They shall know Jesus Christ. Their life shall be turned around. Because Jesus Christ went about the city doing what he can do as he only can do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, Kamal. Lord, we thank you for this appointed time of revival. We thank you for all the favors you've shown us, the true believers. We also hope, we wish, Lord, that those who are Christians are not yeah. fully involved in the ministry, that you carry their burden, you show them favor. Lord, we you want to show them grace, so they are reminded how great you are. So they are reminded all the good things that happen to them are in your name. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kamal. Thank you, Father. Before Betty comes up to sing "Reckless Love," that we will sing with her. I just, in faith, receive the burden that you have placed on our hearts. It won't be emotionalism, but it may come with emotions. But I thank you that you're placing upon us a weight that you carry in your heart and that it is easy for us to bear as we walk with you, your yoke on our necks too. We look forward to this, Father. We look forward to this. Time and time again, we'll stretch, our, stretch ourselves out and cause life to come back. And we'll present them to you, Father. Let the harvest begin, Abba. Let the harvest begin. There's always a harvest in a revival. A revival is not so much a time for seeding. It is a time for harvest so that greater seeding can happen in the years ahead. That's the strange thing about it when you go about something. When we go about something, we've got to first plant seed. When you go about something, you start harvesting. And you harvest so that there is more seed to plant in the years ahead. Father, please, would you begin this harvest? Would you begin this harvest tonight? Would you begin this harvest tonight? You're a God of the now. You're a God of the now. Would you begin this harvest tonight? We receive it in faith, Father. Not, we, don't, we don't need too much faith for this. It's very easy to receive this. It's very easy to receive this. As a church, not as Acts 29, as a church across boundaries, we receive it now. We thank you for your glow over this city. We thank you for your glow over this city. Your warmth over this city. Who would have ever thought that you would stand over Vancouver and says, your time of both reckoning and harvest has come. And my warmth and my glow is over you. Quietly you go about doing these things, Father. We bless you. Reckless love. Reckless love. We bless you.